I'm just going to pray and ask, uh, well, I guess essentially what Aaron's already asked, huh? <laughs> Let God speak. Gracious God, uh, what an incredible God you are. God of love and of grace and of mercy who has sent Christ into this world that we might be saved, that we might become your children, that we might have an eternity with you in heaven, that we might live this life being transformed into the image of your Son, made new, that we might reach out and do your work in powerful and significant ways. God, we pray that you'd be with us now by your Spirit. Touch each person here. As we reflect on our vision, as we think about what you're calling us to do, for your glory, for your kingdom's sake, for the sake of Jesus. Amen. So imagine you're Noah. We introduced the Noah story last week. It's foundational to our vision series, and we talked about what vision is and how powerfully it can be employed and engaged in a congregation of God's people. And we talked about this man who encounters God. God literally just comes along into his life and he speaks into his life and he says, I'm going to change everything that you know, Noah. <laughs> I'm going to send a flood and you're going to build an ark and you're going to gather animals in the ark. You're going to spend about half a year floating around in this huge ship after which that ark will come to rest and I'm going to reestablish humanity and the race of human beings on this earth. Everything is about to change for you. Everything. Can you imagine being that man? As you heard from God. Because it really did change everything. It happened essentially through one essential experience, and we touched on this last week, but it was that man, Noah, in an instance of time, hearing God speak into his life. Dramatically. Transformatively which is how God speaks into people's lives. Now, I want to read this story again to you. Uh, Genesis chapter 6, verses 13 to 21. And I want you to, to hear and see again the, the power of the transformation that took hold in his life. So God said to Noah, there it is, the word of God coming, the voice of God speaking, the word of God coming in power. And what does he say? I am going to put an end to all people. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy them, both them and the earth. So make for yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make, it, make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. <clears throat> Every creature that has breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and stored away as food for you and for them. It's like, what? Did you just say, God? 
but I've got my job to take care of. You know, you know I, I've, got, I've got a retirement planned. You know, my holiday next weekend. In a moment, the voice of God spoke into this man's life, and none of it mattered anymore because he had heard from the living God, and everything changed. He heard the power of the Word of God address his life. What I want to do this morning, my friends, is essentially preach to you as is rooted in our vision about the power of the Word of God to transform lives. I'm going to unpack the vision for you. I'm going to show you in concrete ways. We're going to begin today to unpack the concrete expressions of vision that we are going to embrace. But this element of hearing from God, hearing and being transformed by the power of the Word of God is foundational to all else. So we go to Noah. We look at his situation. If you've read the text as we did a little more last week, the world's in terrible shape. Wickedness covers the earth. People's hearts have nothing in it but evil. The Bible says, think of that, violence and corruption. And God speaks to one man directly. See, Noah didn't have a Bible then. The Old Testament hadn't been written. He certainly didn't have the New Testament. God came directly to that man, and he spoke, and he revealed his truth to him. And his, his message was simple. Here's the problem, and here's what I'm going to do, and here's what you're going to do. And in that moment, man, everything was made new. Because of the power of the word of God, Noah was caught up in what God was doing in the world, and it started him on an unbelievable journey toward living passionately for God and to live passionately to create that which God had called him to. You know, we don't know about his former life. Was he a farmer? Very likely. Was he a builder? Well, you hope he had some ability in the area. He certainly showed that in what he created for God. But because God spoke into his life, man, the after looked a whole lot more, a lot different than the before. And it's in this context I want to come to you today, my friends, and I want to call us as a church, and I want to call people here individually to this dynamic of hearing the word of God in a transformative, life-changing way. I love hearing Danielle's story. Because a day in her life happened in which the word of God came in power. And Mike's too. And they were changed. And they were caught up in a new adventure with God. And they're going to Africa. I don't imagine everybody who gets caught up in the work of God ends up in Africa. But they end up somewhere. And it's different from what it was. In this context, I want to read to you sentence number one of our vision. It says this. We see a thriving church where people are being formed into spiritually mature followers of Jesus by the transforming power of God's work and the healing work of the whole, word, sorry, and the healing work of the Holy Spirit, living passionately to see God's kingdom come in every area of life. That is a mouthful if you and I are willing to take it seriously. That is a powerful sentence if you and I are willing to take it seriously. You see, the, vi the vision that God has led us to is to, number one, be a thriving church. That's the most broad, generalized statement that is made in this, in this, I believe, in this vision. We want to see this congregation thrive in Christ. And I want to tell you, it will thrive because it is filled with people who are being what? Formed into spiritually mature followers of Jesus. 
people who are, and if you go to the end of the sentence, living passionately to see God's kingdom come in every area of life. Just like Noah. Just like that man who heard from God and whose life was transformed. Now I want you to get this. What we're talking about here is about you and me. And I include myself fully in this. It's about us. And whether we will be such people, you see, the church will thrive when the people of Christ thrive in their faith, in their relationship with him, in their encounter with God, in the way they live their life in response to the word of God. And this is the vision, my friends, that we would be such a church. How is this going to happen? It is going to happen, number one, through the power of God's word. It is going to happen just as it was in Noah's experience as we come to, and I quote, a deep knowledge and understanding of the Bible. We've used that little phrase a lot as elders moving toward this statement, and we shorten things up a little bit to, to, to give you what you have today. But we need to come to a deep knowledge and understanding of the Word of God. Here's the reality. And I, I would challenge you. I'm not saying this is true of anyone here, but I'm challenging you to find yourself in what I'm about to say. Locate yourself and as, as to how true it might actually be. Here's the reality. Many, many followers of Jesus today do not know the Bible at least not very well. Many people have, if you would, a superficial understanding of it. There was a survey done by Gallup in the United States, and it's just the way it is. We've got to take the statistics from our larger neighbor down south and apply them some way to ourselves. But it says in that survey that the United States is losing 700 daily Bible readers per day. 700 older people who are passing away who love this book and who know this book and who have been formed by the power of the Word of God in their thinking, in their, in their behavior, in their attitudes, in their heart's desire, in their lifestyle. 700 are passing away every day. That's 3,500 a week. That's 182,000 a year older people who love the Word of God and know the Word of God. We're losing. Younger people generally, and I'm not speaking about Christians now, do not read the Bible in the same way, although that is true for Christians as well. Younger people who are not Christians, and maybe even some who are, are actually skeptical of the Bible and do not necessarily think it is a good book to read, they are suspicious of it in our generation today. Christians, the studies suggest, have about, have about generally speaking, wherever they may be, have about 20 verses they know well of the Bible. That's about the average. There's no knowledge of an overarching story. There's no knowledge of what God is doing in and through history and how they might get caught up in what God is doing in his story even today. It's called by some Bible McNuggets. Others, in a little more ominous fashion, say we're becoming as a church biblically illiterate. Here's the problem where the Bible's knowledge is lacking, the world's idea Ideas, the understanding of life, the beliefs, the practices, the lifestyle of God's people are not formed by Scripture. They are formed by our culture. And when this happens, I want to tell you, my friends, the, wor the church doesn't thrive. It fails because it becomes indistinguishable from the world. We think like them. We act like them. We live like them because we have not encountered the power of the Word of God in a transformative fashion to cause us to think God's thoughts after Him as are revealed in the book and to desire the things of God <laughs> that He would have His desire and to do the things of God which He calls us to.
in this survey, maybe a different one, I'm not sure exactly, but when asked, what does, do you really want your church to do for you? 87% of people who responded, Christian people said, help me understand the Bible at a deeper level. And when those people were asked, does this church do this for you? Only 19% said yes. So my friends, our focus here is to see people formed into spiritual mature followers of Jesus like Noah who are willing to say yes when God speaks by the transforming power of God's word. So what are we going to do? Number one, we're going to start a biblical institute. We're going to start a school of biblical teaching. We don't have a name for it yet, but we are going to begin it in January, and we're going to have at least two courses taught. These courses will be taught explicitly to teach at a deeper level the content of the Bible. They are to complement our life groups and our uh, other ministries, not replace. The, the idea is that as, as, as people come, we will unearth the depth of riches that's in this book so that we might be transformed by its power. I'm going to teach a course again on human sexuality. Many of you know what our denomination is involved with at the moment, and we need to continue to teach from a biblical perspective the thoughts of God on that issue versus the thoughts of our culture. Carl is going to teach on the book of Revelation, as he spoke on a few weeks ago, I gather, in my absence. And he's going to go through verse by verse, chapter by chapter, so that people can understand what that book is saying to God's people in this time. And that's going to grow in time. We'll have more courses than two taught. Maybe even this winter, more courses will be taught. But the focus is going to be on teaching people the Bible. But that's not all. If that was all, it would be disappointing. We need to see the Bible permeate all aspects of the life of IPC more thoroughly. Because it is the Word of God that transforms us. You know, here in worship on a Sunday morning, we're going to have, can I put it this way, more of a teaching ministry than a preaching ministry. We're going to be teaching directly from scripture. Now we've always had scripture at the heart of it, but we're going to take a step further in that. We're going to be talking about some biblical books on a Sunday morning and work our way through them and so forth. We're going to offer you the opportunity to read the entire Bible as a congregation from beginning to end. Anybody ever done that? And would you say it's meaningful and worthwhile? It is. As people get the big story of what God is doing in history and our role in it so that we can get caught up in it. More than that, we, you know, the idea of, 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 of youth ministry and children's ministry, we have got to ask how our kids are going to learn the content of the book. Because right now they're learning in their schools and they're learning from television and they're learning from movies to think like the world and not like God. And they're being swept up too often in the world because they don't know this book. A few years ago, I think I've mentioned to you, I taught a profession of faith class. Great kids, kids brought up in Christian homes, kids brought up in our own church. And I wrote out the big story. I started a creation, and I talked about God's intention and his heart and his desire to know us and love us and be in relationship with, with us. And I talked about the fall and how sin and evil entered into the human condition and, and into the world and just destroyed what God had desired. And then I talked about the, the long journey toward Christ and the cross where he died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins so that we might be reconciled to God. And I talked about the coming of the Holy Spirit and the formation of the church empowered to transform this world until the day Jesus returns. And I looked at those kids and they thought, I heard them say, essentially, that is really cool. Like that was the reaction, like, wow, cool. And I realized in that minute they'd never heard it before. 
And I'm not being critical of our youth ministry or our children's ministry. I think our people do a wonderful job. But we have got to ask, how can we get the content of Scripture into the hearts and the minds of the, the children of our church and our teenagers? Because it is that which is going to be transformative in leading them to become spiritual mature followers of Jesus. Our small groups. What we are looking for, what we are going to encourage and suggest is much more direct Bible study in our small groups. We're going to train to that end so that people will know how to do it. We're going to resource uh, leaders and teachers in our, in our small groups, our life groups, our missional communities so that people might learn and grow together and that they might hear from God. We have bought into a tremendous program called Right. I often get this wrong, so let me get it right. Right, and, uh, right now media, thank you. Aaron has told me four times, that's not right, Chris. You've got to say it right. Right now media, and it's, it's an online resource full of teaching videos and Bible study materials and so forth that will enable our life group leaders and others and enable the people of our congregation. You can register for this and have access to this incredible resource as a congregation, and we'll let you know how as we go forward, so that this might happen. You see, it's the Word of God. It is this book that we have to learn. We have to study it. We have to be passionate about knowing it because it is that which will transform us into spiritually mature followers of Jesus. I don't know how well you would say you know the Bible right now. Some of you I know know it incredibly well, but I bet you there might be one or two here who would say, you know what, I don't. It's time. And we will give ourselves with passion that our people might know Scripture deeply and profoundly with an understanding that will transform their lives. So, number one, we are going to have uh, the focus on the power and the teaching of the Word of God. Number two, the second thing that is here is the, tr the healing work of the Holy Spirit. Let me unpack this. Let me illustrate this to you and what we're going to do with this idea uh, by describing my experience at Pastors of Excellence, which I engaged a few years ago. There, and by the way, it wasn't for excellent pastors. It was to produce us as excellent pastors. So I, I just want to say that every time I mention the word. So what happened is I was exposed to what's, what's now called formational prayer ministry, a ministry of inner healing, whereby I was helped to unpack some of the deepest wounds in my life. Now, every single one of us have deep wounds, hurts, that are in our experience very often from our early life, from which we need to be healed. And I was helped dramatically in this. You see, we have core longings. I'm going to describe to you a little bit of the content of this, this program that we're going to institute, which we have. <laughs> but when core longings are not satisfied, they produce all kinds of disruption and heartache in our lives. Every single person with, is born with a core longing for security. And if you grow up and you're not able to get to that place where you feel secure, you live what kind of life? An insecure life. And these are the folks who struggle with fear and with anxiety, not knowing at a deep level that they're safe in God. Uh, you know, some, sometimes one of the core longings is, is for significance. And as I've said in recent weeks, sometimes people, oftentimes people grow up without that sense of significance and meaning in, in, in their lives, and they spend their lives trying to prove themselves to others and even to themselves and sometimes even to God. We've got a core longing to be loved unconditionally, and nobody grows up being loved unconditionally. And when that isn't satisfied, if I can use a phrase just to be brief, we go looking for love in all the wrong places. 
And the dynamic that I'm describing is basically this, that we experience, because of our deep woundedness, often we're unaware of what's going on there, emotional upheaval, depression and anxiety and fear and guilt and all these various troubling dynamics. And those things produce what's called in the material dysfunctional behaviors. And I want to tell you, you live this and so do I, to some degree or other. <laughs> we're all not incredibly healthy people. We're all broken. And if you're married and you don't think you are, ask your spouse, and he or she will tell you about it. What needs to happen, my friends, is that in, 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 in this whole dynamic of, 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 of brokenness, we often try to fix our behaviors. We often try to say, well, I'm not going to be like that anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to move beyond this emotional experience. And we can't bring change because the thing at a deep level which is producing the dysfunctional behavior remains the same. The woundedness has not been healed. And it produces sometimes havoc in our lives. And what formational prayer ministry does is locate people in the presence of Christ through a series of teaching and activities which opens up their hearts to the root causes of their brokenness and the root causes of their struggles. And in that place, the Spirit of God speaks in a profound way the truth of the Word of God into our hearts so that we are changed, so that we are healed at a deep level, so that we are made whole in Christ. I'm going to say this, and I want you to hear this. This ministry will open IPC up to the deeper things of the Spirit of God in a way that I think many of us have never known. This ministry will open us up at IPC to the deeper things of the Spirit, and it will have a profound impact among us. You see, this is the work of discipleship. Because very often it is our woundedness that keeps us from moving forward. We get stuck in our brokenness and we can't move forward to becoming a person who is formed into a spiritually mature follower of Jesus. We have been kind of sneaky with this one. Last year we ran a formational prayer small group. Checking it out. This year we've already formed one. And next spring in April, Terry Wardle, the author of all the books and the program, he's coming to Canada for the first time, and he's going to, <clears throat> at the meeting house in Hamilton, uh, train leaders for this kind of ministry. We hope to send a bunch of people there who have experienced this and who are ready to learn and to enable others to find healing by the movement of God's Spirit at the core of their being. So we want to push and enable and empower people to hear the word of God and know scripture. We want to bring this healing ministry into our church. Number three, drum roll please, Christian counseling at IPC. The session has entered into an agreement with a Christian counsel agency, agency called By Peaceful Waters, which we respect and, and, and uh, I think highly of. Uh, they function by using space free of charge in church buildings, and they provide counselors to come in to enable people who are at those points of personal struggle and crisis in life to hear from the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God, which is transformative and powerful and healing. And as people encounter the truth of God mediated through a loving, godly person filled with the Spirit of God, speaking into their lives and enabling them to know the love and the goodness and the grace of Christ, so people are made new in Him. By the way, 
Barb Yonchar and Carrie Cousaw. I saw Carrie walk in as Barb here. Maybe not today. Coffee counter. Well, if you see Barb, don't start pouring out your brokenness to her in that context. You need to organize it otherwise. But they're both master's level trained Christian counselors, and they're doing ministry within our building already. We wanted to keep this a big surprise until today. And the session, although the details has not, have not been defined, is going to offer a subsidy to our people who need counseling, counseling and who seek it, both from these two counselors and from other recognized Christian counselors in our community. My friends, we, we want the people of God to thrive, to deal with their brokenness, to deal with their woundedness, to be caught up in the things of God, to hear from the Lord in ways in which they need to hear from the Lord that God might use them in powerful ways. I'm going to move to the second sentence of our vision uh, that uh, we introduced last week, and it says this. We see a faithful church gathering together to remember and celebrate the redemptive story of what God has done in Christ worshiping joyfully and praying expectantly for God's will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I wish I could take more time on this. And by the way, although I'm going to move through these fairly quickly, we have years of preaching in this stuff. You know, look forward to it all. But here it is in a quick sense. Notice the words. The redemptive story, we're going to celebrate together, the redemptive story of what God has done in Christ. Listen, the story of Jesus has been at the heart of IPC for a long, long time. Probably 160, what is it, four years in our existence? And it will continue to be at the heart of what we do. Remember the biblical story, creation, beautiful, godly, wonderful existence, destroyed by the power of sin where people fell under the curse of sin. The story of God, the redemptive story, taking us to what? The cross of Jesus and ultimately his resurrection, leading forward to the restoration of all creation someday when we will encounter again the reality of the Garden of Eden. And I want to tell you, my friends, Christ and his resurrection, his death and resurrection, which allows us, which was so beautifully described by a bucket of oil here today, the, 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 the salvation that is, is found in Christ will be central to who we are as a people. Now, I want to say this. Two activities are going to play this out for us. Number one, the critical function of worship. You're doing it right now. You're here. You're hearing from God. You're opening your mind and your heart to the Lord as we look at him through the example of Noah. We are going to preach and teach the word of God. And we're going to praise based on this dynamic reality of God's truth so that you who come into this place will be transformed and sent out as missionaries on mission to change the world. We're going to be creative and innovative. That comes later in our vision statement also. But the, the creative elements of worship that I'm sure you have noticed are part of our vision series. They're back. We're going to carry on with these creative elements as we go forward, we're going to work hard that you not, might not be entertained, but that you might encounter God in this place and his word, that you might be changed. And lastly, and again, I'm sorry briefly, but prayer, prayer is absolutely central to what we will do. Listen to this, Zechariah 4, 6. It's just come to my mind again and again this week. He said to me, this is the word of the Lord by Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. That is an incredible verse. Think about it. This vision that we have is a big vision, and we cannot ac accomplish it on our own strength. 
There is no way we can accomplish everything this vision contains just based on our own capacity. Think about it. A thriving church of spiritually mature people who are living passionately to bring the kingdom of God in all areas of life. How is that going to happen? I can't do that. Your life group leader can't do that. You know, our youth pastor can't accomplish it in teenagers' lives and our children's ministry person can't accomplish it in, 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 in children. Parents can't accomplish it. In their, we need the Spirit of God to move in power in order for lives to be changed. And I want to tell you this, my friends. We need God to move and we need prayer because it is prayer which will unleash the power of God among us. Wouldn't it be incredible for us to be known as that church, which is the church of prayer, which has encountered the movement of God in powerful ways, just because we came before him time and time and time again and asked them to act among us. So our prayer ministry needs expanded. It already is being expanded, that formational prayer ministry. They have people praying for them as groups meet. Literally, a prayer team member is praying that God would be at work while those people meet and that the Spirit would move. Intercessors need to be unleashed and activated in our small groups so that the small groups increasingly play that role of life and church and, and God encounter in IPC. And I want to conclude by saying this. This vision, this vision has huge potential impact for your life. Do you understand what I'm saying in this? It really does. You can become the people that the Lord has created you to become. Your life can be transformed. You can hear from God as Noah did and be caught up in the things of God. Thoughts changed, attitudes of the heart changed, lifestyle changed, caught up in the work of God in this world. You can be people whose wounds are healed through the miraculous action of the Spirit of God in your life set free from the curses and the plagues of sin which, which just diminish life and keep you from becoming what God wants you to become. The Spirit of God can move in your life in powerful ways through worship and through prayer. We get caught up in God and in God's will. And as we wind down, I want you to think of this man again named Noah who entered into a, a life adventure with God and was used by God in incredibly significant ways. I very literally want to ask you this morning whether you would like to be him. Whether you would like to so encounter the reality of God and hear his call in your life and be used in a powerful way that this world might be made, brought to a new reality as it was through Noah and his family. We call it the kingdom of God. Do you want in? Because your life can become like his. Your life can become like his. If you just say yes to him. If you encounter him as Noah encountered God in his truth. God will use you. God will transform your life. God will do incredible things through you. If you just say yes to him. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for every single person here. And Lord, each of them has a sense of where they are in their relationship with you. Oh, what a blessing it was to hear from Mike and Danielle talk about how you have worked in their lives to bring them to the place that they're at. There are Noahs today. <laughs> they're a living example of people who just get caught up in the things of God and hear the word of God spoken and they respond with a yes and a willingness to do whatever you call them to do. 
God, we envision a church filled with such people who have heard from you, who have encountered you, and who have given their lives wholly and fully and completely to the things of God. And Lord, we pray that you would bless all of these things we have introduced today. Many more to come. But bless these ventures, Lord. Transform us, change us, form us, we pray. Oh God, form us into people who are spiritually mature, followers of Jesus, who are living our lives passionately to bring the kingdom of God into this world. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you've built here. We thank you for the incredible church this is. And now we say, God, it's time to take that next step forward. God, you want to form us. You want to shape us. You want to change us. You want to make us into the people that you know we can become. And we open our lives to you. And we say, yes. Yes, Lord Jesus. Do your work, we pray. And this we ask in his name.